Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. We have a delightful interview for all of you listeners today as I am joined by my newfound friend and former top 30 ATP doubles player in the world, Nick Monroe, to explore all aspects of his career. Of course, most recently, Nick served as tournament director for the inaugural All-American Cup. That event, really a celebration of American men's tennis as that exhibition featured so many of the top American men in the world. I wanted to ask Nick about the genesis of the idea that became the All-American Cup, what the plan is for that event moving forward, how we as a tennis community can support what truly is a delightful weekend of tennis. If you didn't get the chance to tune in this year, I highly implore you to do so next season. We wanted to ask Nick all about the All-American Cup, also had to explore his career. This is a guy who played until he was 40 years old, which is a remarkable thing to say out loud because if you see Nick, he doesn't look a day over 30, but obviously announced this would be his final season. And I wanted to ask him why that was his decision to hang up his racket this year, what his plans are moving forward. Again, a delightful conversation that I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy. And I'll also say this from the start because you'll immediately feel this way 10 minutes into the conversation. Don't worry, folks. We will have him back on the show. A lot of meat left on the bone of things I want to explore with Nick Monroe. But with that said, of course, before we get to our episode. A shout out as always to our dear friends at Swing Vision. You know the deal. Sign up today to have the best in artificial intelligence in the tennis universe available in the palm of your hand. Use our promo code CRACK20 to let them know we sent you there. You'll get $20 off plus a free 14-day pro trial. With that said, let's get to it. You're going to like this one, folks. Buckle up as I talk to the one and only Nicholas Monroe. Hey, Crack fans. Before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of course, Friends who use our Crack Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code CRACK20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link? To get signed up, just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. You go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information one location with our friends at Swing Vision.
Joining us on the podcast today for the first time is a guest I am very much looking forward to speaking with as he was a two-time All-American during his career at the University of North Carolina. Of course, was pretty darn solid on the pro circuit as well. He reached a career high of number 30 in the ATP doubles ranking, multiple quarterfinals at the slams in his career. But perhaps most importantly, he's the man who dealt with more of my grief than just about anyone during my week at Tennis Channel at Second Serve. It is my dear friend, Benjamin Nicholas Monroe, joining the show today. Nick, how are you doing? Yeah, doing great, Alex. I mean, I love that. I love that you call me Benjamin. Not a lot of people know that. Uh, yeah, I rock with it. My, my dad's first name is Benjamin, grandpa as well. We have different middle names, but but yeah, no, happy to be here. Thanks a lot. No, I see you drop the Benjamin for branding purposes. It makes sense. <laughs> it, it, it checks out. But no, it is great to have you on the show today. And something I excluded from my intro, but something I wanted to speak about today is obviously you were tournament director and one of the founders of the All-American Cup, a recent exhibition event that featured many of the best American men's tennis players in the world. You guys all came together in Austin to compete in what was a really fun weekend of tennis. I want to get into the on-court stuff of course. But first, let's just talk about the genesis of that idea. How did you get involved in the All-American Cup? And, you know, again, how did that come to be? Yeah, you know what? It's funny, you know, during COVID, obviously, as players, we weren't playing anything, you know, and I was sitting on my couch one day and I was like, man, like, how can we get a bunch of Americans together and and kind of have an, uh, you know, we we didn't know what we were doing, what we should train for, what we should get ready for. And so um, thought about trying to get guys together to at a at a court at someone's house or something like that, obviously with COVID protocol. But then uh, I started thinking about at that time, we had 16 guys in the top 100, eight were born on the West coast, eight were born on the East coast. And I thought, Oh man, we can have an, an all-star event. And that's what we were able to, to do and come up with. So we ended up having five and five on each side. So the top five uh, players we get on the West and top five from the East going against each other with Bob and Mike Bryan as team captains. Um, obviously Bob living in Florida, Mike at that time living in California, he now just moved to Tampa, but that's still kind of, still kind of West coast of Florida. So anyways, those were the two team captains and, uh, yeah, no, it, it went great. You know, we, we were in San Antonio at the Freeman Coliseum and, and look, we had, you know, Mike is the team captain for the West. So then we, we had Taylor Fritz who was supposed to be coming. And then he obviously made the final eight, which was awesome for Taylor. Uh, but on that team was, was Sam Query, Steve Johnson, Marco Ciro and Mackie McDonald. Uh, and Bradley Klon. Um, we ended up losing Jensen Brooksby because he was injured. He got injured before Paris. Uh, but he's another guy that's looking forward to join, join the All-American Cup in 2023. Then on the East Coast, uh, we end up having Jack Sock, John Isner, um, Francis Tiafo came in as well on the last day. And we had... Um, Let's see who all else did we have Dennis Kula and Will Blumberg. So we had a great cast of, of, of individuals there and, and it was a lot of fun. The guys brought some serious tennis to the forefront and San Antonio, they absolutely loved it. And then um, for 2023, we're moving it just down the road to, to Austin for the, for, for that year. And then we're going to go back and forth between San Antonio and Austin. So a couple of different markets and, and Austin, you know, a lot of people from Austin that weren't able to make it because of a UT football game that weekend are extremely excited about it coming to Austin. 
Yeah, I will say this as your future political advisor. You may get accused of being a coastal elite later on, but we'll fight <laughs> through that in this East versus West. We'll get some Midwest and South representation right. later on. But no, it, it's an awesome event. And obviously, yeah. it's also a time when American men's tennis, dare I say, feels on the rise. You know, this year, whether it be at the slams, whether it be in the rankings, it was always first since 1996 or first since yeah. 1994, whatever, which is often referred to as the golden era in men's tennis. You know, I'm curious because this really is a celebration of American men's tennis. It's a really fun weekend. Obviously, the on-court product is serious, but it's also relaxed, which I think is a really fun environment to uh, enjoy seeing these players compete in. I am curious for this event, you know, again, is that its intention to be a celebration of American tennis? How, you know, what do, how, as you look at building this event, how are you guys trying to build it? Yeah, no, absolutely. You couldn't have said it any better. I mean, definitely a celebration of men's tennis, but, you know, also the Americans were, were very close. We're a very close knit group. A lot of the guys train together at tournaments and good friends. They go to dinners, whether it's Mackie and Francis and, and, and whatnot, but, you know, bringing them together at the end of the year as well, you know, after a long season where you're kind of alone out there and you don't always have, you know, your fellow Americans at the tournaments with you. So you're kind of alone out there. So now to bring all the guys together in one event, um, you know, and have it be fun, but also, you know, these guys want to win, right? You know, you give them some incentive to win and some incentive for the team to win and Bob and Mike Bryan too of, you know, the most competitive guys you'll ever meet out there. You know, obviously they, they never went against each other in anything until now, this first All-American Cup. So, you know, they they just bring that extra fire on the sideline. But yeah, it's just a celebration and also to help these guys get better, right? I mean, the more that they play against each other and around each other, they're pushing, you know, obviously everyone's seeing what Taylor did, top eight and Francis now at 19 and Tommy and Corda, and, you know, Riley, all these guys are doing so well. Um, and so now, as I said, next year, we're going to do December 15th through the 17th, because what we ran into, um, you know, that's for next year. And what we ran into this year was just, you know, obviously with Taylor having to play the final eight and some other tournaments involved now in December, it'll be right when guys are doing their preseason training, it'll get them some matches leading into Australian open and going over to Australia. And so that's just, you know, help those guys be able to perform well in their first or second tournaments into Australia with some matches and some high quality matches against some good friends. Yeah, it was really fun to watch. And you mentioned the friends there. You could see the fondness every player on court had for one another. And just like, we're not here to hurt one another. We are here to entertain. And sometimes I think in the slog that is the professional season and you will speak to this better than I can, that's often lost, right? Like you're in Winston-Salem in August, and at that point I'm sure your body is just beat versus being yeah. there in, uh, in San Antonio, having a little bit more fun. That's also the point, right, is to offer that sort of environment. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, look, when we're on a team, I mean, you you kind of you kind of get that extra energy and that extra juice because you want to win for for the guys that you're playing for and also for your team captain. And not look, not a lot of these guys, you know, played college tennis. Not everyone gets to play Davis Cup or Labor Cup. So now for these guys to be on a team, be with individuals that, you know, they care about and want to see you do well, just brings that a little bit of extra energy. And and look, I mean, these guys wanted to win, you know, it, you know, sometimes you say an exhibition and it's kind of, Oh, we're out here having fun. I mean, they were definitely having fun, but they wanted to win and wanted to win for each other. And, uh, and, and that was what was amazing. I think, you know, if anyone saw kind of the last doubles match was Jack Sock mm-hmm. and Fred 
Diafo against Mackie McDonald, Steve Johnson. I mean, it was highlight real stuff for an hour and a half. And, and, you know, and, and the West came away with the win and, and the overall victory, but, but, you know, the, just the energy in the Freeman Coliseum was awesome. And something that, uh, that these guys, when they left the court, they were like, man, that, that was really, really cool. Just for all of us to be together, be a part of something in one, in one area, one city. And uh, they're already excited for next year. Can I throw two? I, I know it's out of place, but again, future political advisors, two things I think would make this the greatest of the greatest as opposed to okay. just the greatest. Part yeah. one, live draft, night number one. I like East versus West a lot. I really do. But yeah. let's put Bob and Mike on the spot and have them just pick in front of everyone, right? Like, let's really make this the backyard environment. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah I mean, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I, you know, I know that. You know, look, it, it was one of those things where, look, we still have so many guys on each side, like with the East and the West, like on the West. I mean, literally, you have eight and eight on each side. And so, you know, these guys were drawn a little bit at like yeah. West better than the East Coast. And, you know, and Bob, Bob Bryan's already said, like, you know, East will be ready for 2023. So they're drawn already, you know, getting ready for next year. So it's kind of that. Uh, yeah, that 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 coast thing. But I do like the live draft. That's kind of that's kind yeah. of cool as well. Or if not a live draft, because I do like that. And again, Coastal Elite will let it slide. Um, <laughs> shout out to the flyovers. Um, I think if not that, then maybe you have them present the matchups on day one. And you say, okay, yeah. here's my singles players day one. You match up. Yeah. And then you present day two. I match up. I just, I always yeah. like that intrigue of just, hey, we're going to tell you what's happening in front of everyone. Because then you get the oohs yeah. and ahs. Yeah. And, and, that's, and I like that because I think that's... Uh, year two, that's what we're going to do. Kind of at the player okay. party, have, you know, yeah. the team captain present their lineup. Second team captain has the, has the buffer it. And then next day, the second team captain, they get to go first. And the first team captain second. So, yeah, I do like that. So, this is why very- I'm happy. This is why we've always – it's always just worked oh, for us. It's not just yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> took us nine minutes, but we're back. Uh, it's, this is good. Uh, no, the second thing I would say, because you mentioned the jawing. And one of the things you could see so clearly was, again, that these players, and more than anything else, and this is why I always love the team environment, and I'm so supportive of this event, beyond the exceptional gear, by the way. You'd be amazed how many people go, where is that hat from? Like, you're not an Astros fan. And I go, no, I'm an All-American fan. And they go, well, it's a sick hat. And so, yeah. Um, He literally ran out of um, hats, sweatshirts, T-shirts, everything by Saturday night. To the point where, you know, they had to go get some extra stuff made Sunday morning and, and ran out quickly for the next day. So, so yeah, very cool. Ty Collins was our graphic designer for this for this A and, and absolutely killed it. But Yeah, the other thing I say, I'm an honorary Avenger. I'm saying, can't you tell? Like, this, that, yeah, that's... Space look. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm not Captain America. I'm like Private Michigan. Um, yeah, but well, we're add some gear to our website here in the next week, so guys, people can go on and buy stuff for for Christmas and the New Year. Because I do have a lot of people reaching out saying, "Hey, we missed out on the gear and the towels, and where can we get some?" So, so yeah, no, it's very cool. You guys killed the gear. The other thing is with the jawing. How do we get yeah. more mics available so that we can hear yeah. everything? Because yeah. like. It would if the players would be willing to do it. You could just tell they were like, no, no, no. Let, let's yeah. talk a little bit. Let's yeah. let's really do this thing. Yeah, and that and that's where we we did discuss that. We were like, okay, do we mic up Bob and Mike throughout yes. the course of the match to where everyone around the stadium can hear it, or is it more so just through on tennis channel you can hear it? So so that's one thing we were trying to figure out 
you know, with the mics, but we did after each set, you know, uh, Wayne, Brian and Rachel Stone went and interviewed Bob and Mike and got their ideas on what was happening. And so you could get a feel of that. Um, but definitely, I definitely for next year, we want to mic up some of the players, um, and see if we can kind of get a little bit of extra drawing that people can, can relate to, you know, like just getting that feel of, you know, they obviously have a love for each other, but they want to win and they're going to, they're going to talk some smack. And, you know, I think you saw Sam Query kind of made that uh, putter out of, out of our, the liquid death cans that we had yeah. or mid doubles match. And they tried to put the ball through and Bradley Kahn actually missed the goal. And they were like, Oh man, but just for like fun that if people could have actually heard, you know, their way of making it and getting it done and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's something that we're looking into for sure. You absolutely nailed it. You could just, like, again, it was the interactions. It was, it, and and the post-set interviews were really fun yeah. as well, especially just given the event. That's why, again, I thoroughly enjoy support this All-American Cup because yeah. you guys experimented a little bit. And I'm curious we, uh, moving forward if that's something you'll continue to do. No, absolutely. We did. And we actually had YBBR meta. We had the goggles. I just got some goggles in here today, but uh, the goggles that you could put on. So people who were in the VIP area behind the court, like, so they were back there getting food or a drink or whatever, and they couldn't actually be right in front of the tennis at that time. They could put on these goggles and it was live tennis on the YBBR. And so we were doing some really cool things with the virtual stuff as well that, that, you know, tennis channel kind of threw in there and said, Hey, you know, can you guys partner with them? And so anyways, you know, it's been great partnership with tennis channel, YBBR. And, um, you know, we're definitely going to keep experimenting. Um, you know, after the first day we, we were playing let's on the first day and then kind of Bob and Mike came to me the morning of the second day and said, Hey, what do you think about not playing the let's? Cause you know, there were some let's that were missed and just makes it faster. And so, we, you know, we changed that. And, yeah, we're definitely up for experimenting because, uh, look, that just makes it more fun and, and uh, adds a little extra excitement. I always say this for college tennis. One last freebie, I suppose, for you. That's how I'm going to frame it. Um, <laughs> in lieu of a coin toss, because coin toss are stupid, A, rock, paper, scissors, always fun, or B, <laughs> first point of the day is a drop and hit point between Bob and Mike. Winner decides who serves first in every match. That's actually kind of cool. I like the rock, paper, scissors. Bob and Mike, they might come out and be a little cold if they're yeah. playing like singles point. They might be like, man, I might pull a hammy, so keep yeah. it down the uh, But I Or they could go reflex Molly and whoever misses first than then the other. That's a good one. So, See, so that's <laughs> unbelievable, Nick. That's taking the idea to the next level. That's so actually – that's what the people want to see. Now, they do reflex volley. We might be there for about 15 minutes, but at some point, he's going to miss the volley, and then we'll know who's going to serve first. <laughs> That's really good. I like that one a lot. Well, then my last question for you, because I want to get into you uh, a little bit as well. You mentioned it in Austin. I'll say this. Changing the date to December 15th to 17th, it might end up being in the Galapagos Islands because there's some sort of remote location like that because we know where yeah. the players hang. But, you know, what can we do as tennis fans? Because I'm sure there are, unfortunately, were some listeners who are hearing this and saying, this is awesome. Like, I yeah. love, you know, I love Will Blumberg. Yeah. I loved college yeah. tennis and I love, Tom, you know, or all the guys, Mackie McDonald and Stephen yeah. Jay as well. Yeah. What can we do as a tennis community to support this event? 
Well, look, I mean, we have a website, so allamericantenniscup.com. That's where you can go. We have the players on there who's going to be playing each year, um, the tickets as well. And, uh, yeah, look, again, as you said, it's a celebration of American tennis. And to be able to get all the guys in one spot is not always the easiest thing to do or, or something that, um, that that happens. So I think that that's what it's about and, and getting everyone together. And, look, from Taylor Fritz, he, he was going to play and he says he wants to play next year. And we lost J.J. Wolf and Jensen Brooksby due to injury the week before Paris. So they also were going to play. So we have a great host of guys. Riley Opelka was going to play until he had kind of his hip deal. So, look, there's so many great Americans that throughout the course of these the next year's coming up, they're all going to be together playing. And, um, yeah, allamericantenniscup.com, that's the website. And, uh, yeah, any shout-outs, any hashtags, anything like that. As I said, we're going to put the gear on our website within the next week. Uh, so we, there's a lot of cool stuff that literally went flying off the shelf. Like, you know, Uomo was our main sponsor, clothing sponsor there. They did a great job of selling the clothes. And, and you know, it, it literally, they ran out. You know, it, it was, went so fast. And people just really enjoyed it. Um, and we had a lot of high schools there as well. So anyone in Texas that once come out, we had a high school drive up from Amarillo eight hours in the morning, we left at 5 a.m., got there at 1 p.m. We brought them on the court to hang with the players. And so it, it was great for the kids, um, you know, hopefully motivating for them. And uh, but any support is great. And we'd love to have a packed house in Austin. Yeah, no, check out the All-American Cup website. Very well designed. I have nothing but compliments, and you know I don't like to compliment you. Like, I, I, I do my best to avoid that. Nitpick, and that's what we like about you. We want to hear the nitpick. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'll continue to do then for you. Well, yeah. you know, you talk about a celebration of American men's tennis and American tennis in general, and there was a lot of celebrating this year, but I suppose yeah. one other compliment I will have for you to transition into your career. You know, I knew you played in the early 2000s because I'm yeah. weird like that. I'm like, yeah, he's like, oh, two-ish range. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, knowing you played then, if you can – through intuition, do some math, I could realize that you turned 40 years old this year. That said, as I was doing my research for today's show, I go and I'm looking things up and I was like, there is not a chance in hell Nick Monroe is 40 years old. I was like, I sat next to him for a week. This man is 32 tops. Like, bullshit, he's 40. It's the genes, I guess, from my mom. My mom still says 32. She still looks like she's 32. So I guess it's the genes and just... And then just speaking it into existence, I guess. Well, I'll say this. <laughs> Benjamins typically look a lot worse at 40. And so you look much more like a Nick than a Benjamin at this age. For You've grown into that name. Yeah, for whatever it's worth. But, you know, again, the, <laughs> the reason I bring that up is, you know, you played until you were 40 years old. And obviously this year you announced was your final year. You got to play the U.S. Open again this year as a wild card. Shout out to that Keegan Smith team. That's a really yeah. – Keegan <laughs> is just fascinating human being. I mean, his energy is 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 something incredible. Like it's something you have to watch. If you've ever watched Keegan Smith, please yeah. go watch singles, doubles. You will feel his energy from the moment you put eyes on him. And, and so, yeah, we had a lot of fun out there. True story is never not smiled. Um, I agree yeah. with you. But I guess <laughs> my question to you is, did you envision playing till 40? And ultimately this year, how did you know this was the year to stop? Yeah, you know what? Look, uh, you know, throughout my entire career, look, I started playing tennis when I was four. I knew I wanted to go to college, went to the University of North Carolina. I knew I wanted to graduate as well, so made sure I graduated. And I've always just had that vision and dream to 
play in the Grand Slams, play in the big tournaments. And so I obviously started playing singles in the very beginning. And then by the time I was 30, I kind of stayed around that 250 range uh, when I was 29 years old and 30 years old. And I was like, you know what? I'm making qualities of singles ma- uh, majors, but I'm not like in the big tournaments. So I said, okay, let me give doubles a shot. And through juniors, I was always top three in the country. And in college, we did well, top 10. And so I was like, okay, let me give this a shot. And then luckily, very first tournament I went to, I found a found a great partner in Simon Stadler from Germany. We stayed together for about two and a half years. So he got hurt and actually had to stop playing. But we took each other up to 50 in the world very quick, rather, rather quickly, I would say, within about a year, a year and a couple months. And and so then I was finally able to get into the majors, get into the ATP events. And that's kind of, you know, as a kid, that's what you dream about. And and I always told myself while playing, you know, I just never wanted any regrets. So I wanted to play as long as I could go and want to just make sure I would have no regrets, whether it was, you know, when I would step on the court, I'd like to know I worked harder than the other guy across the net, you know, and and I wanted my career to go as long as I could as far as physically, mentally. And I just wanted to have no regrets by the time I finished. And, and this year, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, I was having some niggling injuries here and there. But uh, by the same token, look, I, I played all the slams and got to quarterfinals of, of a few of them and, and four ATP titles and, and really have enjoyed every moment of training and being on the court and everything. And, and obviously, over the last couple of years, I've mixed in the commentating with Tennis Channel and BBC at Wimbledon and Channel 7 and Australian Open. And so mixed in it, that in as well. And, uh, and so I've just really had so much fun doing it. And then this year I said, look, you know, ranking it dropped a little bit, but by the same token, I was ready to now give back to tennis, you know, and, and now I'm actually going to start coaching Jack Sock starting next week. So, you know, try to help him bring him back up to the forefront of, of his uh, career. And, you know, he was former top eight and we all know, you know, Jack and what he can bring. So, you know, really excited to, to, to get behind him and uh, obviously continue the, the commentating with tennis channel. And then as well as all American cup, just help kind of keep bringing up American tennis and, and, and celebrate what we have. And uh, so, yeah, so now it's more about kind of giving back what I've, learned throughout my entire life <laughs> and careers as I was four years old. Uh, this is, this is what I've known and, and uh, just excited to be on that side of things now. Now, is that breaking news, by the way, do I need a sound effect there? Because <laughs> I don't know if people knew that. And give that breaking news. <laughs> All right. That's going to be breaking news. There might be a tweet after this. I have your blessing now that that's a really cool thing to hear. And, you know, again, I, I know I got to let you go. So last two questions for you yeah. in that note of obviously you're transitioning to coaching. Um, you know, you, you talk, you turn pro in 04. You play a lot of challenger success, future success. People don't, you know, we don't talk enough about the fact that you are a top 300 singles player in the world as well. <laughs> Nick Monroe, a grinder out there Grind. on the singles court. Yeah. Um, but you played your first slam in 2012. And obviously yeah. that's about a decade into your career. Dare I say you were, you know, making your best tennis in your 30s look cool before it was just the normal <laughs> thing to do. And so, yeah. you know, again, talk to me about that perseverance and talk to me about, yeah. you know, was it too like, you know, I feel like yeah. the idea of playing better tennis at 36 than 26 is crazy yeah. to me. But you were yeah. playing, dare I say, more significant matches at 36 than 26. I'm just fascinated to know what that was like. Yeah. You know what? Look, I, I've always said this, you know, I've, I've never been the most talented guy or whatever, but I, one thing you can control is how hard you work. And I've always just wanted to embrace that in my career. You know, I've wanted to always put the extra hours in the gym, extra hours on the court. And so that's why I feel like I was able to 
play longer into my career because throughout each day, I wanted to make sure I was stretching, want to make sure I got the lift in, went on the track and got the runs in. And so those are the things you can control. If you go on the court and maybe the guy plays a better match than you, okay, great. You can't control that. You came out with your game plan. Maybe the guy played better, but I always like to go on the court knowing I worked harder than the other guy. And that's what you can control is that side of things. I think that just helped me prolong my career uh, was the fitness side of it. And also mentally, that helps you mentally knowing that you've done everything you can to be ready for a specific situation. Um, and so that's what I want to help bring into, you know, the Jack Sox and the, and the other different players uh, throughout the world um, that I might end up working with. But uh, yeah, it, it's just, you want to control what you can control and, and that's, and that'll ultimately help you prolong your career and also <clears throat> mentally just push you to, to greater heights. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, yeah. first slam is in 2012. You missed <laughs> yeah. three total slams between then and the start of this year. So very fun. <laughs> One could argue, some scholars have argued, Nick, that the 2010s was the Nick Monroe decade. All right. Last question for you before I let you go. I didn't prepare you for this. I don't want to get you in trouble, but welcome back to being next to me. Um, and I uh, will allow you to reserve the right to defer a, a comment on this until later. But okay. you are a high-level doubles player. And yeah. I am sure there were oftentimes you were in the conversation, is Nick Monroe going to be included on the Davis Cup team or not? So I have to ask, do you have a take on Rajiv? I don't want to say his exclusion because that's too harsh of a connotation, but him not getting the call for Davis Cup. What was your read on that situation? Yeah, you know, look, I, I mean, Rajiv, he's playing amazing tennis, right? He's three in the world. The guy won U.S. Open, won the Nito Finals. I mean, in my mind, there's no way he should not have been on the team. Um, he obviously helped the Davis Cup team get to where they were. He and Jack have had great results. Um, and, you know, he'd beaten Bolelli Fognini, what, four times this year, three or four times. So, so he knew how to play them as well. You know, he would know how to play them and then being able to mix that combination of, look, I know how to play Bolelli Fognini, Jack, so let, this is what I think you can do and this is what I think I can do to to make that mix happen, whereas Jack and Tommy hadn't played together before, right? So you're kind of going a fresh team against a very seasoned team in Bolelli Fognini. Actually, that's who I lost to U.S. Open, my last my last match, and, and very tough team to play against. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 100%, when you have a guy like Rajiv Ram on the sidelines, especially when you only take four players as opposed to five. I mean, look, maybe you take him as the fifth player. And then if you decide that like, okay, maybe you don't think he's playing as well and you want to throw Tommy or Francis or Taylor fine, but you, you, you got to have him there in the lineup. And also, even if he's there and doesn't play, he can give you some of that scouting and the game plans that helped him beat Bolelli Fognini, right? He's played these doubles guys. And, and uh, so, yeah, so that, that's my take on it. Um, you know, I wish he would have gotten that opportunity. Uh, look, I mean, Jack, Tommy, Taylor, and Francis, you know, they're all very close buddies and they hang out a lot together and and maybe not as much with Rajiv, but but look, as Americans, we are close. We are, you know, they do speak to Rajiv in the locker room. Everyone speaks as, 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 as family here in the top 100 singles doubles, but I still feel like he obviously deserved the call. And and man, if you win, you win U.S. Open and, and Nito kind of going into the end of the year, you, you're playing pretty good tennis, I would say, and, and deserve to be in that running. I agree. One could argue that the ATP finals are also on an indoor hard court, um, as <laughs> is the Davis Cup. And so all of them argue. Yeah, exactly. Somehow. <laughs> And so, no, I appreciate your insight, obviously, yeah. and I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Dare I say, I reserve the right to bring you back as well, because it's just great to see your face. <laughs> 
I feel like we need to do this almost like every week. I mean, this is like, I mean, the energy from Alex, <laughs> the love, and then the griping that we give as well. Like, you know, it's fun. We have a good time out here. Let me say this. If you are bored in retirement, and I mean bored, and so this is like a month, maybe month 15 sort of request. If you need a daily show, I'm here for you, my friend. It is always a pleasure to see I your smiling it. face. And sincerely, no one, I mean, People were equally as kind, but no one was kinder to me throughout our course of second serve than you. We had to share the desk many a times next to each other. And let me just say, you're a very generous laugher, which just <laughs> made the entire experience that much better. Because sometimes I'm like, I didn't love that joke. But as long as Nick's laughing, the show's working. Right next to each other. I was loving them all. I was literally <laughs> writing down like some scholars may have argued. I was writing down all snippets. I have them all in my book over here, man. I got, I'm ready. I'm ready for you next time. I'm going to come back with some of my little snippets. So we, we have so much fun. And, and man, I, we second serve. I'm excited for that to come back. And uh, yeah, man, thanks a lot for having me, Alex. And just always so much fun. Yeah, I heard your tournament director's speech in San Antonio. I was like, did I write that? That sounds like me. <laughs> uh, no, I was just kidding. But always no. a pleasure to see your face, Nick. Be safe, be healthy, and we will talk again soon. I appreciate it. Thanks, Alex. Have a good one. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with my now dear friend, dare I say, Nick Monroe. A massive thank you to Nick for taking the time to join us. No one may tolerate my BS right now better than he does. He embraces it. And as such, it's always a pleasure for me to chat with him. Hopefully, all of you listeners could detect the delight in my voice uh, to be able to finally have him on the show. And again, as I said in the intro, I reserve the right to bring him back on. Nick is a fantastic guest. I still have a boatload of questions I'd like to ask him. And so I will plan on doing exactly that in the future. With that said, of course, I've got a bunch of fun interviews coming your way. If you did not listen to our episode earlier this week, go check out my conversation with Kareem Aloff. Once you hear his story, uh, you will be compelled to continue to listen. So be sure to check out that episode. Of course, it's off-season mode on our other two podcasts. We're getting ready to start our top 10 rollout, our preseason top 10 for the 2023 college tennis season on the Great Shot podcast feed. We're exploring all sorts of off-season topics over on the mini break as well. So yes, things have slowed down on the court. We are not going to slow down from a content perspective. We've got everything you need across our shows here for you this off-season at Crack Rackets. Of course, a shout out to the man who makes it all happen, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, who as always has a f- of an editing job to do day in, day out. Shout out as well to our dear friends at Swing Vision for their support. Remember, you can learn more about the Swing Vision app by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast with all of that said for our fantastic super producer Daniel Westoff, our friends at Swing Vision, the one and only Nick Monroe and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you all soon. Thanks everyone.